I love a good theft. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I like a non sequitur too, clearly. Well yeah, thieving is always good. Yes. Except for when it's bad. So many So many So many damn books. Alright. Yes. This is the one. This actually. is the one. Uh-huh. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And this is So Many Damn Books. The podcast that celebrates reading. That's us. Um, that is one of our taglines. What's the other tagline is um, a blessing, a curse, a, a podcast. podcast. Ah, yes, it's been a while. Yeah, we on on our business cards that we still haven't made. No. How many years have we been doing this? Uh, almost four. And that is four years without business cards. Despite us, I think every single time we record, I say to you, I think we, we need to some, yeah. we need to make those business cards. We're doing well. We've made without them I mean. magnets. <laughs> yeah, that's. Before we yes, made business cards. That's true. All right. Anyway, um, our Patreon subscribers know about the magnets. Um, be a Patreon subscriber. We really appreciate it. Even a dollar a month on Patreon really helps us out. Yeah. Uh, you get cool stuff. Uh, and at the $10, uh, $10 a month, that's not that bad. Um, we send you stuff every quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a really cool thing planned for this next one. Yeah. It's really funny. Sort of. <laughs> it's me funny. Um, and but so the question is, who are you? Oh yeah, and who are you? And and why do we do this podcast at all? Right? Yeah, we've, so uh, we've you told a- me that people asked you, right? Yeah, and it's just we've gotten a bunch of new listeners we recently, have, and yeah. we never did an introduction. Not really. We kind of just dove right in. Every now and then we um we rehash our origin story which we don't have to do again this time no uh but uh yeah i think it's a good thing to talk about like where we come from and our background ish sort of if you listen to the show you'll realize a lot about our backgrounds i think but maybe we can be a little bit less oblique yeah right yeah exactly okay. all for clarity or <laughs> like semi-transparent uh-huh yeah yeah Here's a question for you that I think is a good place to start. Great. Um, what is this <laughs> whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So for the drink, yeah. for the drink today, whoa, topsy-turvy town. Um, we both decided that we would, like, what our go-to drink is. Uh-huh. Uh, and mine is is just the standard 10-year-old Talisker single malt scotch whiskey. Nice. Uh, um, it's smoky. It's a little briny. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's a little glassy. Yeah. I yeah. don't I, I don't know what I mean by that, but I mean it. I do mean it. It's one of the, you know, you drink it and you're like, yeah, I see that. Mhm. Uh and then and I then made what you got? So I made this I make this drink all the time. I call it Putanesca, which I was just looking up the origins of this. <laughs> so I was I had the lemony snicket um definition in my head, uh-huh. which is just like making a pasta sauce with whatever you have. Uh Putanesca, I guess means in the style of a whore is what wikipedia is telling me that's that's the language they use i guess Uh, i can make that cognitive leap sure (laughs) um and there's some fun origin stories of of uh, spaghetti putanesca if you want to look that up on wikipedia um but i think of putanesca as i always have gin on hand um i always have some mixer like saint germain Mm -hmm. or uh you know some liqueur that i'm i'm sort of messing around with 
So I usually put like some gin, a little bit of whatever that is to sort of like give the drink some body. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some bitters, some, I'm realizing <laughs> how much I've like really made drinking complicated for myself. <laughs> uh, citrus. So citrus, gin, one of the, I used Italicus, that bergamot liqueur uh-huh. um, that I used for the fetch. Yeah. And then, um, and then seltzer. Having a soda stream in your life, I'm it, one of those people. It changes everything. So this is the Putinesca. So we, I'm drinking actually the whiskey too, and you're also drinking the Putinesca. Yeah, because so we share. We share things. We share books. We but do. We do not actually see eye to eye on like a <laughs> lot of things, which I'm very surprised at still, even though it's been four years. Yeah. Because we do have similar tastes, but we don't like books for the same reason. Right. Well, it's and it's fun, too, to discover, like, I think you're going to like this book or like, oh, you're going to hate this book. And then Be in wrong. the moments when you're wrong and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's it's not a it's not an easy um it's not an easy prediction to make with you. I, I feel like I know and I don't anymore. Um, but you, I wonder if I wonder if we've psyched ourselves out too much. <laughs> well, here's the real question <laughs> that I that I this is leading into is what is your reading philosophy? Because I feel like you must have one. Um, I do. I guess it's a pretty simple one. It's I don't know that it's necessarily anything flashy or surprising. It really just is. I I want to read things that activate my mind in some way Mm -hmm. and that can be checking out for an hour Uh and that can be like wow i really have to work to get through this Mm -hmm. and it sort of just depends on on what's going on in my life at the time so can you explain then activate your mind because like what book what book doesn't activate your mind and you're like well like how does that happen well it i'm trying to i'm i've been getting better certainly over the course of the time that we've been doing this show but i've just in general in life i'm trying to get better about identifying the this didn't work for me thing mm-hmm. and i think that a book that doesn't activate my mind it is not to say that that book is not mind activating mm-hmm. it's just that in the moment whether it was something to do with what was going on in my life something like the weather or just because the the writing style didn't work for me mm-hmm. it's almost i can tell you when it a book hasn't activated my mind cuz i feel like i'm i'm butting up against the pages i'm not dropping into it I'm not carried along. Any of those sort of trite metaphors that you hear about how you get brought through a book. Right. If well, I feel like I'm running into something. Eh. This is something funny I that I've been I've done a couple times recently where um I recommend a book or I, I know someone read a book that I loved and I asked them what they think and they didn't like it. And then I, I one of my first questions is, wait, what did what book did you read before? First of all, oh, as yeah. though everyone has their reading <laughs> list. Like, ah, yeah, oh, what, before this and after this, I read yeah. this book. No one knows that stuff. Um, and people are annoyed at the question. But <laughs> but the but I, the reason I ask is because like the last book you read before the one that you're reading, you know, it it changes how you're feeling about it. Absolutely. And you you chose your you chose your book, or at least in the way that we read, mm-hmm. you choose the next book a little bit based on how the le- last book made you feel. Oh, absolutely. And it, I think that, 
and and let me know if I'm speaking out of turn, but I think this is true for you too. Those moments where you get forced into reading something because of whatever kind of deadline, whether it's a self-imposed deadline or a show deadline, those can be moments. Sometimes it's great, but those can be moments where you're like, man, I just read this thing that makes me want to read something other than this, mm-hmm. but I have to read this. And, and that can affect how you enjoy or don't enjoy the book. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm tired of homework reading yeah in like a very big way and i think this is something that's happened more recently maybe this year oh yeah um is i'm like pretty done with like i have to read this and i'm going i have to well that so what's your reading philosophy now well i think it's similar to yours uh but i what i'm trying to do is first of all see if the author is achieving the goals that it seems like they set out Mm. And mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm really looking for. And then I'm also trying to pick books where it seems like the author has good goals in mind. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, and, you know, Thrilling Me is uh-huh. a good one. Uh, Adventures. I don't know. I, I've My my reading taste is still wide and varied. And, and you know, not doing quote unquote homework reading doesn't mean I'm not going to read difficult books. Right. Right. Um, it just means like I'm not going to for like for a great example <laughs> exit west i'm sure that's a great book mm-hmm. i'm absolutely positive that that's a great book i'm not interested in the subject matter or the writing style right so like yeah like a lot of people loved it and it was pressing everyone's heads once won a bunch of awards and it even crossed our path in a way that we had to talk about it critically yeah <laughs> and i still was like no <laughs> yeah and it's a little bit me being obstinate but it's all it's a lot like i you know am looking at my over 250 books that I own that I haven't read mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Over 250, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm never going to read all of these. And I get more books almost every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just handed I need you to, three I when need you walked to, into my apartment. I need to be, um, you know, more discerning right about what i what i open books and and so it's really funny though i'm saying all this and then i'm going to be reading something so silly um <laughs> like uh, let's do what you buy oh Actually, yeah that's a good it. moment yeah so i bought the chilling adventures of sabrina um by roberto aguera a Gary Sacasa. Sacasa. And uh, actually drawn, inked, drawn and uh, p- colored by Robert Hack. Oh, cool. It's one of the coolest art books yeah. I've ever... And it's Sabrina as in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yep. As in the Archie Comics, um, you know, spinoff. Um, and Sabrina is awesome. And this is like a horror comic. Like, it's actually pretty scary. Hell Yeah. And uh, I love Sabrina, and I'm I've gone way deep on Riverdale. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. it so much. Oh, I man, may that's a lot. May not have bought a Jughead beanie. Of course um, you did. And it is, it's a it's a good beanie. It's a good beanie. Anyway, <laughs> so I bought a Jughead beanie and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and I love it. It's so good. Nice. That's um, awesome. Yeah. All right, so and and this is literally this is like I this is what I'm thinking what I was thinking about when I'm like talking about like yeah I'm gonna choose this I'm like yeah I'm, this is what I chose <laughs> so uh, yeah so you what about you what'd you buy um it just a week ago ish from when this episode airs was Saint Jordy Day uh-huh. uh which my 
fiance and I celebrate. Oh, yes. So Drew and his uh, now fiance, but girlfriend Danny and now. We've been dating for basically almost as long as the show, a little bit longer than the show. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, you were just telling me about her when we first talked about anything. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's weird. Um, but so we celebrate St. Jordy Day, which is St. George's Day, Shakespeare's birthday, whatever. But in Spain, uh, couples exchange a rose and a book. Mm. And so Danny got me Descender, um, the volume one of Descender, this comic by Jeff Lemire, illustrated by Dustin Nugent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know nothing about it other than it's like sort of way sci-fi robots have been banned and a young ai like sets off on a quest Mm -hmm. and then i got danny meg wolitzer's new book the female persuasion oh nice and i got it at books are magic and meg like doodled on the front uh page and everything and i cool nice that's awesome um that actually that's a good question um do you and Danny share books like do you guys talk about the books that you read and then read each other's what you like or do you read really separately we do we um increasingly too I like I try to read because I'm I'm reading faster than she is I'm trying to like read in my own stream and then when she reads something and tells me that she loved it I try to drop that into my queue as quickly as possible both to be able to talk about it as like a couple book club thing but also you know she's I trust her recommendation over just about anybody's. And mm. so if she's like, you will like this book, I'm relatively positive that I will, or at least I'm like r- super ready to give it a shot. Right. Do you, do you and, have we said Sarah's name on the show? I don't know. Sarah. All right. Do you and Sarah do that? Um. Yeah. Well, we, one of our very first things, and we, I actually did talk about it on the show because I was in. Oh yes. Uh, that we uh, we switched books. She right. read the Harry Potter series, and I read Anna Karenina, <laughs> um, which a lot of people are like, "Wow, you got the <laughs> the short end of that stick." But since then, um, we've still uh, we you know talking about books is a huge part of our relationship, right? And um, and what we're reading, and it's just uh, it's just nice. It's nice to be able to talk about what you're reading with someone that you care about yeah it is really nice and it's um i try not to take it for granted because i've definitely like not had that right and said it was fine well wait but so a question that i have for you and that it comes up every once in a while on the show and if you don't want to talk about it you don't have to Uh, but you read for work i do and so like what is that in my day reading what is that like how does that affect your reading for pleasure so i'm a literary agent um uh, I'm actually my title is associate literary agent because I'm still an assistant, um, and it does affect things quite a bit um, more than I like to admit. Yeah, actually, because when I first started the job, um, I just it was before I'd like um, dedicated my life apparently to only reading, talking about, and writing <laughs> books, um, and now that's all I do, and it's right. great, and I. I'm not complaining in any way, but um, it does it does make me a little less inclined to pick up a book when I get home now. Huh. And it, and I think that's not. Um, it's probably cyclical. Right. Of course. Well, yeah. Sure. And um, I'm just I'm I'm reading a lot of slush at work, and it's putting me in a terrible mood. And I'm pretty sure that like no books can possibly be good <laughs> after you get pitched like some of these pitches. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, I I'm not gonna I. Not yours, if you're thinking about it. <laughs> uh, and 
you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting job to be reading just with the mind of like, can I sell this? Right. And I have to be thinking about passion too. Sure. I have to be passionate and I have to think I can sell it. Um, right. And uh, that's, that really, you know, it's, it's, it's an important thing that I have to like think like I have to turn that off when I'm reading and not think about like, how could I sell this? Yeah. Um, Cause I definitely think that it's just like, you know, Kurt Vonnegut doesn't need any help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, it does, it does affect things, but I like that all I do is read um, most of the time. That's nice. Um, you read a little bit for your job, but less books. I mean, I feel like you're, you're in theater. Yes. And <laughs> that's, that's what happens. Ding. Yeah. When you mention the public. Uh, and you know, you, I feel like that must affect your imagination as well. It is. I mean, it's very strange. I work at the public theater in Manhattan and I started out, I mean, my like theater trajectory is that I started out as a performer, uh, and I, in college, discovered what producing was and when i got to new york i started i interned in the producing office of the public and then stuck around and ended up relatively relatively quickly i mean over the course of a couple years but i ended up working on our humanities series so it's funny i work at a theater and i have increasingly less contact with the theater side of things right i bring in theater artists uh, but I'm also like bringing in authors and musicians and economists and politicians and pundits and chefs and whoever mm-hmm. to come talk about these things and engage with engage with the theater artists. Um, so while I'm seeing plays, like I used to see theater all the time, mm-hmm. and that, on the one hand, that that really lit up my imagination because dialogue, I think, is the hardest thing to really nail mm-hmm. and feel real like you can do dialogue in a heightened way and that's its own thing but in a play and in a book if people are talking and they don't sound like people who talk or who have ever talked right. you're, you're kind of like that's not the point yeah <laughs> and so it it'll yank you out um and so more than anything like it's that but then i've i mean i've seen magical things happen on stage and they allow me to imagine the things that I'm reading. That's what I kind of figured. Yeah. I was I was sort of thinking, I'm going to take this back to Harry Potter. Yeah. As everything always does. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about uh, the, I, I, I still want to see. Uh, the Cursed Child. Yeah, The Cursed Child. I know you, you just rolled your eyes. Um, but I really. I want to see magic, it for the magic. Yeah. I want to see the magic on stage because like, I just want another little like, like a little shot, a little. Right. A little hit of well, of ma- of Harry Potter magic in my life. The flip side, I uh, was very lucky and got to see both parts of Angels in America a uh-huh. couple weeks ago, and my favorite stage direction of all time is Tony Kushner at the outset, like in the introductory notes, says, um, "It's okay if you see the wires; it should just feel magical." Mm-hmm. And seeing this, like. There are these moments in that play, and I've seen the play a couple of times now, and so you can it's always like when the flaming book shoots out of the ground. It's so clearly theatrical. Mm-hmm. But there is something about like, yeah, I can see the hinges and I can see the jet of flame, and yet you're transported by it. Yeah. And that practical magic, man, there's nothing like it when you see that on stage. Yeah. Um, I feel like something that happens because of your job and also because of the way that we read. Mm-hmm is um is we just i don't know if this happens to you but people talk about a book that they're reading and there's a good chance that i've 
read it. Yep. Or heard of it. Oh, yeah. And talked about it with you on the show or had that author on the show. <laughs> and it's just like, I think that that is one of the, one of the reasons. I mean, it's like, it's like knowing all the sports scores or knowing right. like what movies are out. You know, like just having the working knowledge of also just all the books, mm -hmm. <laughs> as many as you can. It's fun to be able to, even if you've, even if we've never read the book. Right. Just knowing about it, that it exists and knowing a little bit is like kind of great in yeah. our, in both of our jobs and conversation. Yeah, it's cool because you get to be you get to be a part of a cultural conversation and you get to do it like it's nice that we both read so widely across genre and across time mm -hmm. that we are able to engage even a little bit and be like, "Oh, I'm aware of this book even if you're aware of this book because you know this book and this book and this book." Mhm. Mm I guess, I, you know, that gets at something that I wanted to talk about. Um, sort of like we have some like driving core philosophies of so many damn books mm -hmm. that are, you know, elastic. Um, but we <laughs> we think about them when we're when we're booking guests. Yeah. When we're deciding what books we want to read. Yeah. And, and highlight on the show. One 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 of the really big ones is we really wanted to be positive. Yeah. Um, we liked Isaac Fitzgerald when he took over BuzzFeed books. He sort of made a splash and said we're not going to cover books that we don't like yeah um yeah because negative like that's the that's the one, best way to kill a book is to not talk about it right um, yeah i mean that actually it's it does more than negative publicity because negative like hatchet jobs as bad as they are sort of for the soul there's also like you're gonna read that review you're gonna read and there's a chance you're gonna be like Psh, it can't be that bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> or you're gonna like that author's next book is gonna come around and you're gonna be like I remember this person's name for some reason. Yep. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it, but it's not talking about it. Where then it just. Yeah. So so we wanted to be positive, and we mostly are. Yeah. Um. You you almost always are. I think I can think of maybe two times where you've just been like, I need to say how much I did not enjoy this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well. I also try to only do that with authors who aren't living. Right. Um, and so that's another thing is we just really try to read widely, kind of widely. We we skew literary. We do. But also, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, we've... It helps... Thank you, Lev Grossman, for bringing us basically the shtick of our show. Yeah. Because an author who has written the most literary of literary fiction might be like, I want to read this, like, obscure 100-page philosophy text and it's like okay also don't give all the credit to lev because that was my <laughs> idea was it wait was it really yeah well didn't he say i want to read he said i want to read uh mrs dalloway but i oh, and you no, said both. No, no, no i said i said hey we should tell lev grossman to come on the show and say we don't want to talk about the magicians we want to talk about this mrs dalloway essay that he wrote oh right and then, you know, through our machinations, we're like, maybe both. Oh, yeah. Nice work. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to give yourself the props that you deserve sometimes. That's true. That's absolutely true. So, yeah, um, that's another thing that I love is, like, turning everyone into readers. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and finding out people's reading, uh, especially authors. I, I like to know what they read because I feel like it's a huge part of, I mean, Jonathan Ames, our last guest. Yeah. Said like, I mean, he literally reads a few of the books and he's like, I want to write one of these. Yeah. <laughs> which, which makes is really so cool. much sense to me. Right. I, I feel I, I get that completely. Like I read a thriller. I'm like, yeah, I want to write a thriller too. Totally. 
So I get that. It's um, it's neat too just to see what authors come to us with when we're like, hey, so you're gonna come on the show. Here's the deal. Let us know. We're happy to help you pick. Mm-hmm. And it, it it can be fun to pick because then we can sort of nudge people mm-hmm. in a direction. But it's sometimes there are just wildly surprising things where you're like, wow, you wrote this and you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that was, re- I think it's really cool. Like um, a really good example of that um, is when you read A Little Life with Marie Helen Bertino. Mm-hmm. Um, because like her book was sort of like, frothy and fun and like definitely real with real stakes and real characters right but it wasn't like um a little life just devastation on every page (laughs) so that was like a surprising pairing anyway yeah so so do we have any more core philosophies i feel like we do there's stuff that i'm always like no we we can't do that because of ourselves oh we want to stay we like that we're listener supported yes we don't have listener supported Patreon.com. Well, I think SMDB. Uh, more, this is a, a deeper fundamental thing, but I think it's just, it's about having fun. Like you and I will get annoyed at each other about things or we'll get annoyed at the world or we'll get annoyed that we have to read this book or whatever. But at the end of the day, we are able, like, this, this is, is fun. This is our, yeah. No one's making us make a podcast. <laughs> In fact, I'm sure there are people who are like, why are you guys still doing this? And the answer is, eh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Because <laughs> life is, should be fun sometimes. Yeah. And this is fun. And we hope you have fun with us. Yeah. Uh, Reading is fundamental. That's not one of our core philosophies, but it felt right. No, it felt it felt good. <laughs> Do you want to say it again, or do you feel good? No, I felt it? good about yeah, it. I, feel, I like that, that take. Nice I like that take. In the theater, you don't get multiple takes. You know? Oh, my God. We're not in a theater. You know, darling, we don't <laughs> get multiple takes. Uh, all right. We read some pretty cool books. We recommend you take a look. So, did you want to? You wanted to recommend a book or talk about like a, a oh, yeah, formative I was think, reading? Experience. I was thinking for our recommendations, and we like we can dive deep if we want to on this. But just, like, what is is there is there a book that you can sort of look back and be like, this is this is the one? Whether it's your earliest reading memory, sure, or it's the Fudgemania. One... <laughs> no shit. Yeah, cool. It's Fudgemania. Oh my god, that book like broke me for a little bit. Where all I could do was read Fudgemania over. And over and over. Really? Yeah. I read it at least, I think I was thinking at the time, I, re- I have the number 12 in my head. I think I was reading, it was like my 12th time in a row reading reading it. Wow. And it's fudge mania It's not super fudge. <laughs> <laughs> not double fudge. <laughs> it's fudge Um, I think it's because like there's, there's like a funny like, um kindergarten romance between him and like the other five-year-old girl Mm -hmm. and like and then like you know i started to understand um the older brother pete Uh uh-huh better and i also just like i can i remember that book still right really clearly i think it's because i read it 12 times in a row uh and and like it was also like i was trying to unlock it like why is this so why is this so good like i wanted to get behind it and figure it out and see how it worked. Um, and I felt like the only way to do that would be to watch it a hundred times in a row. Watch All right. It, read it. 
I can understand that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably mine. I mean, there are, uh, there are other, of course, Harry Potter. Sure. Of course, um, I remember uh, Ralph S. Mouse. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And just like the sort of magic realism of him like getting on his motorcycle and <laughs> yeah. just being like, it can run and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, or Stuart Little, which is a really weird book. Really weird if book. You, if you go back to it and read it and it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and you think, E.B. White, man, you were a freak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh so That's going to be the magnet. <laughs> uh, so those are mine. I'm I'm done listing weird books now. Do you have one? So I just gotta write this down. You were a freak. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's George's Marvelous Medicine by Roald Dahl. Good one, yeah. And it's weird because my memory is, and it is very distinct. Uh, I was in second grade, and. I had been reading a bunch of boxcar children books. Oh yeah. Those were so good. And my teacher was like, I think you should try this. I think this will be a challenge for you. Like, Mm -hmm. but but I want you to put the effort in and I want you to try it. And I remember feeling like I had to work for it. Uh And at times being like, I don't think I get this, but that there was something there that kept drawing me back Mm -hmm. to it. Like, I think my life could have taken a very different turn if I had been like, screw this. Mm -hmm. Reading's dumb. But instead, there was something about that book that just caught me. And I was like, wow, what is happening inside my brain right now? Mm-hmm. And Roald yeah, there Dahl. are. Yeah. I mean, all of the Roald Dahl books. Yeah. My, I think mine that's kind of like that is Danny the Champion of the World. I mean, I loved Ooh. and reread um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And it's Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, by the way. Yes, it is. Not Willy Wonka. And then Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Which is. A garbage sequel, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe in the fullness of time, I will return to it. But I still look at that cover and get mad at it because <laughs> I was just like, "There's no chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> there is no chocolate. There's yes. no candy of any kind. What a jip!" Yes. Um. So yeah, a uh, rolled doll. We that's a weird man too. He and George's Marvelous Medicine is like even weird by his standards. Yeah, he's a weird guy. But yeah, and then, you know, the doorway opens up and you can go, like, I there's a thing that Pitchfork does where they ask musicians to do, like, oh, 5, five 10, 10, 15. 15. Yeah. I would love to do that for books. Yeah. Because I can, like, okay, George's Marvelous Medicine, Redwall, and then you, st- like, Pern, and you start to sort of build up and you can, you can get a map of a person mm-hmm. by the things they read when they read them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, hopefully this was fun to listen to. And if not, uh, if we've, got, we've got reading. We've all got reading to do. Have so. offended. Think about this, and all is mended. And oh no, that's a tempest. Sorry. The clapping. Yeah, at the end where he's like, "You got a free." Oh no, they both do it. They both ask you to clap at the end of the play. Just like, yeah, it's. You, Thank you. It's over yes, now. it's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is over. It is over. Oh wait. Uh, people responded to my. My primal scream for for <laughs> iTunes reviews. And oh yeah, I love it, and I really appreciate everyone who went and jabbed five stars, and also that they jabbed into their keyboard some nice words about us. We really appreciate it's it. It's great. If I haven't seen it, I reliably Christopher has sent me a screenshot with just like some exclamation marks. Yeah, it's great. 
um, because I love it so much. So and go we to, love you. Yeah, so we love you, and uh, we will be back in two weeks with a really cool one. Yeah. Uh, I won't even say who it is. Yeah, we like to tease y'all. Also, we don't always quite know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise. It's also a surprise to us. Yeah. Uh, bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she started to figure out how to use that light switch, which is terrifying. That's weird. They can open doors. <laughs> uh, that's um, that's a Steven Spielberg movie reference. Yeah, it was, but it was like... Uh, it was Sam Neill's character as played by Christian Bale as Batman. Batman.